0: Today on the Scott Thompson show on 900 CHML. All right, uh one week into the campaign, how's it going so far? Let's bring in Alyssa Freeman, public relations consultant, Alyssa PR, uh, a gur- a guru when it comes to uh making the right step and taking the right step forward in society, well certainly in the media. Anyway, Alyssa Freeman is with us now. Alyssa, I'll shut up and just introduce you. How you doing today?
1: introduction scott i'm okay
0: listening to them especially when they're about me i'm okay that's it that's right. just sell the guest sell the guest all right what are your what are your thoughts on the first week of this campaign uh as it started to to roll out man I, i'm just seeing uh like a grocery list here it's like a birthday party people are coming over with all kinds of gifts here
1: oh i know uh, and and you know what's interesting because If you look at the polling numbers, you realize that people have yet to break through. So uh, as as far as, you know, if you look at the tie for first place, so here we have the conservatives and the liberals really tied within percentage points of one another. People say, well, gee, you know, why aren't the messages landing? You know, why aren't the conservatives ahead? I think that the, the the question is, is that why are the liberals tied with the conservatives? They used to be far and away ahead in the, you know, the, the heady days of, uh, Trudeau's, um, reign as we, as you can call it. And now they're tied. So what I'm finding in this first week is that there's a lot of messages. I think that they're seeing what will stick because right now I have to say that I, I don't think that anybody is, is punching through. Although there have been some glimmers of some potentially hard-hitting narratives that I have seen.
0: Give us an example.
1: Okay, well, there's this one that I was, was talking about recently. First of all, you know, the conservatives are talking about putting money back in our pockets. And while Trudeau is harping, pun intended, or harpering, that we don't want to go back to the Harper years, Shear is saying, you know, there are some things in the Harper years that you guys don't have anymore. For example, the uh, music tax credit or the, uh, the kids' activities tax
0: credit. Yeah, the sport credit, uh, yeah.
1: Right, exactly. And, you know, there's some other tax credits that he is looking at giving people. Like, for example, reducing the rate, I think, what is it, by 2.5%. You know, whereas, I recently heard that the um, the liberals are looking at, you know, when you sell your house, that there would be an extra tax on that.
0: I know, and yeah. And
1: for, for those of us, and, and I think that Adam Bond is spearheading this, and for those of us who don't have pension plans, and look at our house as part of our pension plan strategy, that, to me, is a 110% deal-breaker. And when I talk to people who previously voted for Trudeau in the last election, they tell me, anecdotally, of course, that in good conscience, they can't vote for him again because they're tired of having to pay extra taxes.
0: Uh, and we should we should be fair that what this was about was a, a suggestion that happens, I believe, during party conventions when people come up with policies and ideas. One of the ideas was start taxing your principal residence, uh, which, as you said, is is people's you know, that that's that's the family jewels. That's the crown jewel right there. Um, but that the, uh, Trudeau said that this wouldn't go forward. This was just an idea that came forward.
1: Yeah, that's true. But you know what? I'm thinking that right now you look at the advertising that's come out and there's some ads that have landed uh, quite well. So, for example, Jagmeet Singh's um, ad in the Quebec area, in the, in the province of Quebec, saying, you know, someone like me could not work here. And nobody is, is taking that on. You know, Trudeau doesn't want to touch that with a yeah. 10-foot pole. Uh, Shear doesn't want to touch it either. But Jagmeet Singh is, you know, this is coming from a place, it's organic. Is coming from a place of honesty, where he himself can really be the only one to address this. And you have to, you have to think that you know what, you know, good for you for taking the bull by the horn, because the NDP has really, really been behind the eight ball prior, especially prior to this campaign. They didn't have enough delegates. They didn't have any delegates in New Brunswick, and they decided all to go green. So he has to really use this lead up to the to the voting day to reestablish himself in the both in the strongest way possible uh,
0: interesting article by John Iveson in the National Post earlier on, in, in the week, and uh, the headline was, Andrew Shear lacks sizzle, but that may be just what voters want. Uh, the sub-headline, Canadians are now forced, or sorry, faced with a choice of, for prime minister between a dreamer who tends to disappoint and a more pedestrian but predictable pretender. Uh, we've talked about this before. At what point do people get tired of the show and no-go and say, you know, we don't want... Cur- ca- uh, charisma, we don't want uh, a front man for a band, we want someone who's dull and just gets the job done.
1: You know, I think that it's already showing that people don't want Mick Jagger for prime minister. You know, so that's why the liberal numbers are where they are. And it would be an interesting narrative, actually, to try and sort of you know, put out there by saying, you know, let's, get, let's put somebody in who will get the job done and is not so concerned about his ego. I mean, that is a, you'd have to word that a lot better than I just did. Yeah. But in, in some cases, it, you know, it's almost like when um, John Tory was running for mayor the first time and, uh, you know, what, the, what he was saying was, is I promise you that these next four years will be boring and back to business, you know, after the tumultuous years of right. Ford. So right. some, some candidates have been successful in leveraging that narrative and that may be. So if you look at the Tories um, advertising right now, they are going back to not as advertised and they are looking at the trust factor. Now, is that the most hard-hitting Tory uh negative Tory ad that I have seen over my years of watching, you know, federal campaign ads? Not necessarily. I guess they'll do the polling to see how well it is landing and maybe they'll keep with or maybe they'll switch strategies.
0: We talked uh, before the writ was dropped for the last several weeks about the messaging that was leading up to this campaign. And and I remember pointing out that, uh, again, climate change, and, and I'm not here to debate climate change or, you know, uh, and, and I'll say for the record, uh, I, I, I see that there's climate change where I disagree is how we go about solving the issue. And I, I believe most Canadians feel that way. Um, that being said, prior to the writ being dropped, it was all about climate change. Climate change, climate change, climate change. And I remember seeing polls that said, you know, although that's a top five issue, it isn't in the top three. And why aren't politicians addressing this? Fast forward to the writ being dropped. Now it appears, because the messaging up till now has always been trying to get people to join the middle class while we're pretty much ignoring the middle class. Now we've seen as the campaign has started, we're seeing very little about climate change and it's all about the middle class. It seems that Andrew Scheer came out and started hammering this stuff and it sort of has changed the direction of the prime minister. Have you seen that change or that shift in direction since the campaign started?
1: hundred and ten percent. I'm hardly hearing anything about climate change. and All I'm hearing about is putting money back in my pocket, which is, you know, you know, you look at those issues that are most immediate and will have the most impact on the voter psyche. And you have to think that, you know, yeah, putting people, you know, people are taxed to death. They're tired of it. Um, as a solopreneur, as I call myself, you know, I get paid and then I have to take off a ton of my own taxes. And believe me, that hurts. So they even think I have to pay more. So I think that climate change has perhaps fallen off the radar in a way that maybe just wasn't landing with people in terms of swaying their vote. You know, again, I'm I'm going to talk about the polls, but there was about a 24% gap and, you know, undecided. That's a lot of undecided. And when you look at, you know, being able to win riding by riding, which is what I think that... This is, I think this is a very micro-targeted federal election where you're saying what you need to say in each individual riding. I think that there is an umbrella message, yeah. but I think that there are very specific riding-driven messages. And climate change is not necessarily going to be one of those messages. Maybe if you're in B.C., it might be, but it's certainly not going to be an across-the-board message. And remember, political parties, those with a lot of money, they can test day after day after day. And they can test whatever they want, and they can get a real, you know, real-time pulse of what Canadians are thinking, and can adjust their messages accordingly. So I think that if Canadians were really worried about climate change and they saw it as a top election issue, that they would go back to that narrative.
0: Uh, so are the Liberals playing catch-up here now by offering more kitchen-table issues now that the writ has dropped?
1: One hundred and ten percent. You know, it was sunny ways. It was all about bringing people into the middle class. And then we had four years of, like, nobody getting into the middle class. So, you know, and it's interesting, his whole narrative is, well, listen, you don't want to go back to the Harper year, so let's forget about the four years where I was prime minister and did essentially maybe not much, but let's not concentrate on that. I'm going to do better in the next four years, and I promise I won't be old, dull, and mean Stephen Harper. So I don't know how that is continuing to play. I think in the next few weeks, what we're going to see, if the teachers do go out on strike, you know, there is some talk that this whole Ford equals Andrew Sheer narrative yep. is going to play hard and may play in Justin Trudeau's favor. You know, I don't know. I have a hard time seeing outside of this province what you know, the Doug Ford equals Andrew Scheer, how that's going to play. But maybe they don't care because Ontario was such a stronghold and can literally keep, the promise can literally keep somebody in power. So maybe, you know, th- that whole line will play well in Ontario, and that's all they might need.
0: Uh, the Prime Minister, again, making reference this week to uh, to the Premier, who's obviously, Doug Ford is obviously lying low during this election. Uh, and I've, I've talked to the Education Minister about this. Do you think that he will keep focusing on Ontario and Doug Ford more than Andrew Scheer, and that this will play into the whole teacher... Uh, teachers union and government uh, conflict that is going on and that this could all hit the fan by October and Justin Trudeau just points at the anarchy in Ontario with the teachers and the government and said, look, do you want more of that? Is that going to fly? Because that's what most are predicting right now, or a lot are predicting right now.
1: You know, I think a lot of people are predicting that and I think it will be interesting to see the reaction of Ontario voters whether they swallow that line or not. I tend to think that You know, Canadians as a whole are a pretty savvy bunch, and we can see through a lot of this rhetoric, Uh, or less you hope that you think that people can see through the rhetoric. And that's why many have said, even prior to this, that Doug Ford will hand Justin Trudeau another term. It might be a minority term, but it it may well be another term. And, And I think that that's also the reason why you don't see Trudeau really answering any questions in any of these media calls. He gets up there, you know, for example, the one that he did with Andrea um, uh, Badeescu. Yep. And he, you know, was all, you know, basking in her limelight. But uh, don't ask me any questions about the campaign. I'm not here to do that. So uh, his his whole MO of only talking when he really needs to, it seems ridiculous. And it actually, I, I find it maddening because you expect more from a head of state, and that's what he is. He's a head of state. But by keeping quiet as often as he can, it's obviously a strategy, Scott. Mm. And he's letting others do the talking for him, hoping that that will be enough to put him back into power. Because there's only one game here. I mean, you know, political parties say that for Canadians, they've got one job. And the job is to make sure that their party stays in the club. And, you know, they can say what they want and give out as much money as they want, but the deal is, is to keep you know, keep the, the, the guys in the clubhouse, and that's essentially mm. what
0: this is. Uh, I was talking to Tim Powers, Vice Chairman of SUMA Strategies, in regard to the teachers' issue in Ontario and and the Prime Minister going after uh, the Premier of Ontario, and he brought up a valid point, because, and, and, I again, I presented to him, do you think that uh, the teachers will use this to rile up voters to help Trudeau? And he said... His point was, how does that strategy do anything to help the teachers? He said it helps politics. It helps the prime minister, but that does nothing to it does nothing to advance the cause of the teachers union. And therefore, it would just make them look bad because there's it only appears to have one benefit. And that's political and, and, and helping the prime minister as opposed to actually helping the teachers, let alone the students.
1: And, and that's absolutely a point well taken, and I think that, you know, Canadians will maybe, you know, be tired of looking at teachers being used as pawns to advance political agendas, and he's right. Yeah. And, and, you know, this is obviously the problem with a union decision that decides to use its muscle in order to get the, you know, the, the people in an office that they want to get into. So does that benefit their membership, or, you know, does it go against it? And this is a big problem because, I mean, do teachers necessarily have a say in how they go about it? No. Apparently, they do have an overwhelming mandate that if they wanted renegotiation or wanted to go out on strike, you know, there was a 95% yes vote, I guess. But it's, um, you know, you can parse this as intellectually as you want to, but when you're a parent with a kid, Who is not going to school, and you got to figure it out? I don't think you're thinking that, Scott.
0: So uh, you're not thinking of? Are you thinking of the premier or the prime minister at that point?
1: I I'm thinking. I don't think I'm drawing that line to the prime minister. I think I'm really drawing that line to the premier. I think it's a big leap. But
0: then if you're drawing if you're drawing that line to the premier, and then the prime minister says, "See, same party, same cut from the same cloth." If you vote for Andrew Scheer, you're going to get Doug Ford. I mean, you know, we're all saying we don't see the relationship, but clearly the prime minister does because he keeps doing it.
1: Well, they must think that it lands. They must think that it hits. And you know, the only way we're going to figure out if it does is what happens on October 21st. I personally at first I thought, well, that's very, very clever. But now, you know, the more I talk about it, the more I think about it. I don't make the connection, but maybe they're hoping that people will. Remember, any narrative has to land really, really quickly. You've got to get from A to Z very, very quickly. There can't be many thinking, much thinking about it. So if people tend to think, oh, my gosh, Doug Ford equals Andrew Scheer, well, then obviously it will affect those votes. I, I don't know. I, I, I tend to think right now it's a bridge too far, but I'm, I may be wrong.
0: Alyssa Freeman has been with us, public relations consultant, Alyssa PR. Alyssa, as always, thank you so much for the time. Much appreciated.
1: Thank you for having me, Scott.
0: The Scott Thompson Show, weekdays from noon to 3 on 900-CHML.